This is the Father Matters Show with your host, Vance Sims. Father Matters is committed to building stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. And now, your host, Vance Sims. Welcome to the Father Matters Show. I'm your host, Vance Sims. Thank you for joining us today. These next three weeks are going to be very special and, and, and exciting for us. Jeremy and I, you know, normally we have our little meetings before we do a show or, or you know, talk about guests. And, and Jeremy, in our last meeting, you and I agreed to say, why not have a best of 2016? We had a great number of guests with us. Yeah, we should bring them back out, let everybody re-listen. And, you know, if you missed it, this is a great chance to jump aboard. And I think it's excited because, like you said, we had so many shows, so many great guests. And it's like, you know, this is our second going on our third year. We got a lot of uh, shows under our belt, but this year was powerful. And it's like, why don't December we just lay back and, and let's, let's pick five or six of the – and we're not saying that they're the best shows, but we're going to call it the best of 2016 because they all were the best shows. But basically we agreed the shows, they got the most hits. Could we say that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, through through SoundCloud, through Blog Talk, through Facebook, through the Father Matters website, uh, listeners who listen to the radio uh, station. So we said, look, this show did really, really great on Blog Talk and Facebook. This show did really, really good with the, the uh, 1360 listeners. These shows did all great with all three. We narrowed it down to five or six shows. That's why we might squeak into January because some of them were like neck and neck, neck and neck. And it's like, let's let's get these shows in. So according to you, the listeners, uh, these were the shows that got the most hits for 2016. So how you want to kick this off, Jeremy? This is our first time. This is our first year doing this. I'm excited for this. And one of our first guests, I think we had him. It was early way back in January. Yeah. But he he for the whole year, he was one of our favorites. And everybody really seemed to love him. And it might have been the topic where we're talking about Jeffrey Shears. Uh, He's the director of. And the author of the book, uh, Dads Know, that the organization is Dads Know. But our topic was fathers and daughters. So maybe that could have been why that was really, really Yeah, we've done popular. what? Parenting and fathers, daughters, courtroom yes. stuff. And it, it's been a great year. It really has. So you take it from here, Jeremy. And, and, and you know, that's, this is our very first time in two years. So we're just letting it flow. We're doing the best of 2016. We're going to kick it off with Jeffrey Shears, director of Dads Know. Jeffrey Shears, author of the book, What All Dads Should Know. Thank you for giving up some time during this holiday season. Welcome back, brother, to the Father Matters Show. Hey, man, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm not even going to take up no time. I want you to jump right into this. Last week, we were talking about stepfathering, stepparenting, and we were going to, I wanted to ask you some questions about fathers and daughters. Jeffrey, what is the importance of father's role in the daughter's life? Oh, wow. So, uh... First of all, thanks for having me, man. This is one of my my favorite topics um, from a professional standpoint because I research the topic, and then also from a personal standpoint. But I got three beautiful, I got four beautiful women, including my wife, but I got three beautiful daughters at home, 21, 15, and 13, and uh, they've really been really my lab. I started studying fathers as a Ph.D. student at University of Denver, and I have just... uh, you know, use them as kind of my guinea pigs and things of that nature as, uh, as I've learned more about how fathers are, are influential in their children's lives. You know, I often hear this, hear 
the term that it takes a man to raise a man and um, talking about fatherlessness in uh, our community. I think, and I agree with that, it takes a man to raise a man, I think, but what is missing in some of that is people don't understand the importance of fathers in the lives of their daughters. Um, and I think, you know, men, well, you know, what role do I serve with my daughters? And so um, I just want to try to un- unpack some of that um, today, you know. So our natural instincts with our daughters, um, you know, as a doting father is to protect, you know, protect and provide. And so, you know, one of the roles that we as fathers cherish is, you know, protect, provide, be an educator, be a teacher, and provide emotional support. And we, of course, can do all those things with our daughters, but the the daughters benefit so much um, because fathers also instill self-confidence in their daughters. If you look at women who who pursued hard sciences, engineering, things of that nature, um, most of those women have fathers, uh, involve fathers in their lives. Um, and part of it is just because the way we parent, you know, um, fathers are, are certainly more more uh, involved in physical rough and tumble play, even with their daughters. And so, um, the way we parent, the way we we way we parent, the way we father our daughters has long term uh, benefits. But the other piece, and and not just the way we parent. Now check this out, Vance. So much of how we parent our daughters really has to do with how we treat their mom. You know, I tell men all the time that you can be, a, you know, the doting dad and the best dad in the world to your daughters, but trust me that your daughter is looking and she's internalizing how you treat her mother. Right. She's internalizing that. Um, you know, as I talk to men's groups and things of that nature, you know, and I tell them, like, hey, when um, your daughter shows up as a teenager, as a young woman, she shows up at the door with this knucklehead, it's a good chance that she's bringing somebody home just like you. Just like you. Right. And so, you know, I, I tell men that they have to be really intentional when interacting with their their, their daughter's mother uh, because that's what she's going to expect. And that don't matter if you're married to the mother or not, right? right? Even if you're, uh, uh, it could be an ex-spouse, it can be, you know. Thank you. Touch you on that. the words out of my mouth. No, you're, you're exactly right. It doesn't change because you're not in romantic relationships with your daughter's mother anymore. It doesn't change because uh, you guys have fallen out and you're not, you know, amicable and, and whatever. That that doesn't change. Your daughter is still watching the way you treat her mom, and she's internalizing that relationship to herself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just funny. I was in Arlington, Virginia yesterday talking to a number of social workers about, uh, which is female-dominated profession, about their fathers and, and their experience, and, and they, they kind of all agreed that, like, why do I keep dating or why am I always attracted to guys like my dad, even though there's some things about my dad I don't necessarily like? And I said, because that's familiar, kind of familiar behavior. Absolutely. And so a man has to be super intentional about what do you want your daughter to be attracted to? What type of man do you want uh, for your daughter to be romantically involved with? Uh, you need to be that man. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need to be that father. Uh, and like you said, it doesn't matter if 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 you're in a romantic relationship with her mom or not, you just still need to treat her mom with respect because that's what she's internalizing. And so, you know, my own story is is uh, is kind of funny in, in a couple of ways in that, 
you know, fathers tend to father, you know, it's this term I use all the time, intergenerational fathering, is that we learn how to father from our fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I often joke that men aren't going to reinvent the wheel, and we actually do a lot of the same activities and of parenting styles that our fathers do. And so in my situation, I didn't have any sisters, so my father just had, I had all, I had all boys. I have a brother. And so when I had all girls, you know, I just kind of patterned my fathering from my dad. Right, um, right. And my dad would just take us to the park and play ball and things of that nature. So that's why I ended up doing with all my, with all my girls. Um, and even though I got my nails painted and we played tea and we dressed up and stuff like that also, I did those things. I did the same things, uh, the way my father fathered me is the way I fathered my daughters. Um, and so, you know, as men, as we, as we, you know, pour into our daughters, um, we have to understand the benefits. Because I don't think society really touches on the benefits of fathers or daughters. Um, and we also have to be mindful. And, and, and the, the literature certainly shows that there is sometimes a bit of separation in the relationship when uh, your daughter reaches adolescence. You know, um, they begin to go through puberty, and they're not your little girl anymore. And they're, you know, being a father of three girls, you know, mad mood swings, and the shapes are changing, and everything. And so, but what I tell men is that it's right at that point where your daughters begin to pull away from you, and the little things that you guys used to do may not be as important to her anymore. That you have to fight. You have to fight with all that you have to stay relevant in your daughter's life, which may mean that you begin to pay attention and become interested in things that she's interested in, you know, so you become relevant, that you do not allow the lines of communication to be cut off. Even though, and with my oldest daughter, when she's, you know, 21 now, but when she became an older teen, man, she wanted to talk about stuff with me that I ain't really want to talk about. I ain't want to talk about some little boy being cute and, you know, right. I don't want to talk about that, but if that's, that's the, what she wanted to talk to me about, then I had to kind of open up. And part of that was because I understood that she uh, respected my view and respected my decision, uh-huh. um, respected my opinion, I should say. And um, But I tell men, like, it's, that is a natural point where as your child, as your daughter become an adolescent, she starts to pull away. Other things become important. You, she's not your little girl anymore. Um, that it's a natural point where that relationship be- begins to strain, and that it's really res- your responsibility as a father to, as I say, fight and do everything they have to do to maintain relevance in their daughter's lives. And I like the part you said when they maybe start to pull away. That tween, that twelve to seventeen years old, but. How important is it for, let's say they get ready to, to pull away, how important that you instill values and you know that you those that, that trust those boundaries in it when they are little girls? Because a lot of times if they pull away uh, at 14, 16, 17, a lot of dads may catch attitudes, but it's like now what happened when she was four, when she was seven, when she was nine? Isn't that important as well? Yes, I mean, because the value system and, you know, how your child is reared and um, structure and all those things, you know, well, that's all super important for all children. And uh, you're, you're certainly right that those things have been instilled when they were young. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, my daughters, and I, you know, I have three, and, and they all, 
you know, their love languages and how you show them that you love them are all different. Right. You know, um, one of them is spending time. One of them is buying them something. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm very intentional, you know, having three girls is easy to say, hey, let's all go do this. But I, each of them have their own time with me. Right. And then, okay. like, when they hit 12, 13, but now all of a sudden they're 12, 13 years old trying to look 18, 19 years old. And, and, and you know, and so part of it is being very, you know, I, I'll tell them, hey, that, that's that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with, with dress and going places, you know, I tell them that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they respect they respect me. And sometimes I get some pushback, which is fine. We can have a conversation about why I don't think that's appropriate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they, they hear me. Right. Um, and it's so important to, you know, as we instill values and we instill that self-confidence in our girls, you know, um, that that's what fathers really do. They tell their girls, hey, you can do it. And I, and I always say, if your dad tells you you can do it, you, you, you believe you can do it. Where, you know, your mom tells you you can do it because moms are nurturing, they're loving, they believe right. in you. Your dad tells you you can do it. Man, you, I can do it because my dad says so. Right. You know, um, and, you know, I tweeted something the other day, uh, which goes along with uh, uh, around this idea of protection. You know, fathers want to be a protector. I say, you know, uh, I'm so thankful that my girls, their first hug, their first affirming hug, kiss on the cheek, tell them you're beautiful, you can be anything you want to be, mm-hmm. came from a man that didn't want anything from them. That's right. You know, and it's sad, man, when you see so many young ladies out here who that first hug, that first person, that first male to tell them they're beautiful mm-hmm. and that that affirms them, that guy wants something in return. Right. And that's why I said it gets scary when, you know, they're 12, 13 years old and they got two, three layers of makeup on in the mirror for two and three hours. Something was missing a couple of years earlier that they need that kind of attention. Hold that thought, brother, because I want to. I want you to touch on that when we get back. You're listening to the Father Matters Show with Vance Sims. And today's guest is Jeffrey Shears, author of the book, What All Dads Should Know. We're talking about fathers and daughters. We'll be back after this. Hi, this is Vance Sims, host of the Father Matters Show. Would you consider partnering with us? Father Matters is a nonprofit ministry that's listener-supported and relies on donations and grants. All funds raised go directly to Father Matters Mentoring Programs for Families, which means that your donation will help important projects that service children and families. For more information about partnering with us, log on to fathermatters.org and click the Donate to Father Matters icon. Together, let's build stronger, healthier communities by supporting, encouraging, and enlightening today's fathers and families. Welcome back to the Father Matters Show. Mark your calendar for January 13th for our Mother to Mother Workshop. For more information, log on to fathermatters.org. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the top of the show at fathermatters.org. Also catch the Father Matters Show nationally every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time by logging on to blogtalkradio.com. Or catch our archive shows anytime worldwide at SoundCloud.com. Jeffrey, we were talking about fathers and daughters just before the commercial break. I was sharing with, with 
what some of these guys are also saying about their daughters or stepdaughters or what they see in public. When you see these young girls, 12, 13, 14 years old, man, got their hair and the makeup and the eyelashes and all this stuff going on. It's like, what are they crying for? You know, um, I, I think it is a natural response of attention, you know, male attention. And of course, if you don't get that from your father, you're going to get it from somewhere. And so um, that's why it's so important for the fathers to instill, um, instill those, and not even not even just values, but that emotional support. Fathers have to emotionally support their daughters by being there, telling them their love, them, encouraging them, affirming them. Um, and once once that's if that's been done all their lives, then they don't need some 15-year-old boy to tell them they're beautiful. They're like, well, my dad been telling me, I, I know I'm cute. My dad been telling me I'm cute all my life. Or know? or if they're 15, the boy might be 19 or 21. Right, and that, that's, that's where the protective factor comes in. It's like, uh, no, and, and, and for fathers to be there and set boundaries also. So I mean, we, we know that the literature certainly shows that, you know, um, uh, girls that are at, at risk of at, at risk sexual behaviors, they're much more likely to uh, divorce, remarry, uh, tend to have children earlier. There's a number of at risk factors that are associated with fatherlessness and uh, not having a, a good relationship with your dad. And so, um, you know, in even qualitative research of with with young women, you know, most most report that they were um, close closer had a close relationship with their mothers that you know as we just said earlier that the, the relationship between their fathers began to strain once became an adolescent but all of them said they wanted to have a closer relationship with their father but that their relationship with their father once they became a teenager and a young adult was just kind of surfaced that there was no no depth to the relationship there was no emotional intimacy with their fathers and so i charge men to be vulnerable, to share, share stories, uh, share dreams, be, be emotionally intimate with your daughters. You know, your daughters don't want just a surface relationship. So that's why mom and daughters have a pretty good relationship because, you know, they have an emotional bond. Mm -hmm. As a man and your daughters begin to pull away, it's, you know, I, I'd go on date nights and I talk in depth um, about my childhood, about what I, what I want to be when I grow up, <laughs> you right, know, right. even though I'm almost 50. But I have, you know, some emotional intimacy with my daughter. We're just not talking about surface stuff. We're mm -hmm. not just talking. I'm just not the disciplinarian, even though I am. I'm just not the disciplinarian. I'm just not the provider. I'm offering uh, emotional intimacy to my daughter, right, because she wants to have a relationship. And you can't but naturally, she's trying to. She wants to pull away because she's become an adult. She's become an adolescent. And when I use the term before, fight to stay relevant in your child's life, fight to stay relevant in your daughter's life. That's what I mean. You Absolutely. Know? And so it might be some things that you are uncomfortable with. Uh, it might be some things that she likes to do that uh, you might, that might not really be your thing. But mm -hmm. if you need to do whatever you need to do to support her, and, and she knows that you're there. I like earlier when you said, you know, you fathered like your father fathered you. And we say that in the workshops, and a lot of guys say stuff like, well, my father wasn't even around. Well, we, since you are the father of a daughter, even though your father is not around, you still will father how your father fathered you. We don't stop becoming fathers to our children 
just because, you know, one's in one city or one's in one state or the other side of the country or it's an every other weekend thing. You don't stop fathering until you six feet in the ground. And then we're noticing with with a lot of kids and girls as well, you know, you may not your your father may not been around and you're fathering your child how you were fathered, whether you know it or not. If your father wasn't around or, or inconsistent or not responsible, some way, shape, or form, even though you see your daughter every day or every week or every other weekend, you're showing still some type of, you know, I'll pick you up but don't show up type stuff. Can you touch right. on that a little bit? Sure. So, you know, I, I talk about intergeneration, intergenerational fathering all the time. That fa- your fathery, your father influenced you, whether he was a great dad, whether he was not so such a great dad or whether he wasn't around, you're still influenced by that. Um, and so, you know, I often do a, a little uh, workshop where I do this, this, this training that looks that have people talk about their relationship with their dads. And so what are the things that you want to keep that you got from your dad? What are some of the things that you want to get rid of? And what are some things you want to bring into your own relationship with your child? And what that does is have men and have a, make a conscious uh, connection between how they were fathered and how they want to father their child. Because mm-hmm. some things you got from your dad that was good. There's some things you're like, uh, I don't really want to bring that to, to my relationship with my child. And here are some things I want to add. And so you're certainly right that uh, fathering, you know, your father I mean, doesn't stop, you know. And I talk even a lot about my book about even fathering your adult daughters and, and adult children. Um, and I'm all... all I'm, I shouldn't say I'm surprised anymore, but, you know, we just start getting into issues of fathering and then fatherlessness or even men who are in the home but aren't emotionally attached or emotionally available to their children. A man, you see, I see grown women, you know, really get emotional when they talk about the pain and hurt. Mm-hmm. And and if you, when you really start discussing how they've carried this pain and this hurt of fatherlessness or un, unattached father to their own relationships and how they've struggled with that, that whole thing of rejection, okay? Uh, rejection by, and, you, and it just makes sense, Vance, a woman that's been rejected, mm-hmm. what kind of, you know, at-risk behavior is she much more likely to participate in because just because of rejection she felt? So a young girl who's been rejected by her father, mm-hmm. That is that is some emotional baggage, mm-hmm. um, and so I just encourage dads to do all they can to make sure that their child is not experiencing that you know uh, rejection um, based on their relationship with their dad. We we touched a little bit on this last week's show. We was talking about stepfathering, um, how. Now, since a little girl or a young teenage girl, whatever, has been rejected by her father, even though he may be around, but just don't pay attention to him, don't follow through, not responsible, how she can make it harder on the stepfather. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, when you want stuff responsibly done, you come to the stepfather. But when you want the fun stuff, you go to Uncle Dad. Couldn't the stepfather be showing her a way to be like, you know, basically, okay, when I get older, when I know I need something responsibly done, I'll date this guy. But when I want to go have fun, I'll get with the guy with the tattoos and a motorcycle. You know, I mean, that's that's I don't know. That's that's an interesting, very interesting dynamic when uh, there are multiple father father figures in a child's life. Um, Now, I would. What I what what we have to be mindful of is that consistency is best, right? And so we hope that there are not multiple father figures in a child's life, and that's why I always you know talk to women that you know you don't need to have multiple men coming in and out 
Right. Um, that you have to be very serious, be, be very serious in this relationship before that child is even introduced to this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even with st- stories of women and you know research that. Stepfathers, father figures can be very influential, play a, a significant role in a child's life. Um, I, I've still heard oftentimes that, you know, I had a great stepfather. I love him dearly. Um, you know, he, he came in and, and he filled a void. But there's still that thing about why didn't my biological right. father want to be a part of my life? Right. Why, you know, so still that little bit of something there that hurt is still there like my stepdad was great he taught me so much i got all of my you know the self-confidence and right. all the things that dads bring to children i picked all that up yeah. and i i know what kind of man i'm attracted to but why didn't my biological father stay around why wasn't he a part of my life and i just want to touch on one thing you talk about your father's influence men will either emulate or they'll compensate for, for their with their own dad so they either that was Jeffrey Shears, and he's kicking off our best of 2016. Um, if you want to hear that, go log on to SoundCloud.com, BlogTalk.com, or FatherMatters.org. You can continue to hear the rest of the whole show. And I'm just excited about this, uh, Jeremy, because we talked about this. But look, this is the end of the year. It's Christmas time. We can use your financial support. So will you please consider partnering with Father Matters? Um, make a donation. We need it so we can stay on the air. Uh, log on to fathermatters.org. Uh, click on the donate the Father Matters icon. So thank you for tuning into the Father Matters show. And thank you to my engineer, Jeremy Siegel. Happy, happy new year. That's coming up. Merry Christmas to you. We'll see you next week, the same time, same place. Have a safe week. Thank you and God bless.